Welcome to Black Armada Tales, an actual play podcast. My name is Josh Fox, my pronouns are he, him. I will be your keeper. Hello, I'm Becky Anison. My pronouns are she, her, and I will be playing Gabby the Surge, and her pronouns are also she, her. And I'm James Torrance, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be playing Azure Wings, the last, whose pronouns are also he, him. Hi folks, I'm Nick Bates, my pronouns are he, him, uh, and I'm playing the Viscount Greaves, who is the Shade. Uh, his pronouns are also he, him. Hi, my name's Sue Elliott. My pronouns are she, her. I'll be playing August Nye, the Found, whose pronouns are also she, her. And today we are here to play Apocalypse Keys by Jamila Arnajadi. Hello, I'm Josh Fox, editor of the podcast and GM of our Apocalypse Keys game. We're having a great time creating Black Armada Tales and we hope you're enjoying listening to it. If you like what we're doing and you'd like other people to hear about it, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast. A five-star review will make a big difference to whether people are able to find the podcast. We'd also love it if you joined us on Twitter. The podcast account is B Armada Tales. That's letter B, followed by Armada Tales. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. At the end of the last episode, the team had decided to go in search of the Lift Corps in the hopes of making their way up to the Invokers Department and rescuing Jolene Danforth. This place is quite big. I mean, you know where roughly where the lift should be, but this place is big. It's bigger than the the evidence locker, the arc room. And so you're just kind of making your way through this big room filled with exhibits of various kinds. And so I want to ask, as your wings, how is your most harrowing moment portrayed here for all to see? Well, you know, I've got a number of harrowing moments, uh, but they're probably mostly encapsulated by the fact that they've... Yeah, in in the real museum, they have the cryogenic capsule that they dug me out of in the Arctic, reminding reminding me both of the fall of my civilization and how I killed Danforth. And, yeah, I imagine here they've got some slightly more fantasticated Funhouse Mirror version thereof. Maybe it's got Maybe it's got someone in it. Maybe it's got me in it. I wonder if it does just look like the capsule, but next to it, there is a sign with a button. And the sign says, capsule in which the Akinari, as your wings, lived out the eons to arrive in the, what, 20th century, I guess? Let's say. I've been here a few years. For more information, push button. I'm vaguely imagining the capsule as something like one of the teleporters from the fly, but a bit more H.R. Geiger. So, does the version that's in the real museum have a little sign with more information, press this button? It does not. Well, who, who could resist? So, you know, gingerly, knowing that it's a bad idea, I step forward, I press... I press the red button. Wonderful. And so, a, I don't know, is it like a hologrammatic uh, light display or something causes Azure Wings to rise out of the capsule and descend upon your head, the head of Danforth? Were any of you there when it happened, by the way? I'm mostly looking at Greaves. I don't, I don't think so. 
I mean, I was certainly in the division when it happened uh, because obviously I, I'd fallen in love with Danforth before that horrible day, but I don't think I was there. So I think regardless, whether it's Azure Wings' own reflexes or some sort of nervous impulse from inside the body of Danforth, the body of Danforth raises its hands and sort of staggers back a little as though surprised by this unexpected event and the form of azure wings the the you know the the butterfly winged form sort of sloops into the head of danforth and then we hear and it's a little bit dark in here so you can't quite tell whether this is actually coming from danforth's lips or just being sort of cleverly projected to sound like it is we hear whatever Azure Wings first said upon uh, possessing the body of Danforth. Probably something like, mmm, teeth. Still not ginger. <laughs> I probably, you know, it gibbered something in Akanari, which just, you know, sounded like horrendous gibbering to the other humans present, but was probably just Akanari for, you know, a traditional, what year is this? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, so a string of uh, Akinari gibberish echoes around the room. Yeah, so I think as this is happening, the main body has your wings reflexively phase backwards out of Danforth's head, like, you know, like you're, you're ducking from an incoming ball or something. And then there's a moment then the vacated Danforth stumbles backwards to ac- accumulate a few more bruises. Uh, unless, Josh, you're going to tell me that something else happens as a result of... Uh... Wait, so... The real Azure Wings has left Danforth's head. Yeah, there's the hologram Danf- uh, Azure Wings in there, which... How many of each of us... Oh no, why did you do Actually, that, James? You know, tired, narrate things. It's too tempting. Then we're, we're going to have at least half a dozen of each of us by the time this is over. And they'll all be gaining XP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think... I think the body of Danforth kind of looks around with an expression of probably numb, flat, lack of, lack of emotion. But the face is still frozen in the shape that it would have had when As Your Wings first entered it, i.e. a sort of startled grimace. And it's just like that's that's just what it looks like because presumably because as your wings didn't know to um, readjust the old facial muscles, um, so it looks around with this horrible grimace on its face and then runs for it. I'm you know sufficiently startled that for a moment that I I don't pursue for a moment. What just happened? Says Gabby. <laughs> I think Greaves says the house is taking Danforth. I'm so sorry. Quickly now, I, I can't chase. I don't think we should chase. I think the house is distracting us. We need to stay on target and get to Jolene. I need Danforth. <laughs> I need Danforth, I say, and without further argument, uh, I dash off at superhuman speed to pursue uh, the fleeing form of Danforth. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Uh, you are never, ever, ever getting to the Invokers. <laughs> Sorry, Jolene. You're my second favourite Danforth. I'm going to say, by the way, that the direction in which the uh, Danforth 
body ran is not conveniently the direction to the lift. That's that's no surprise. I just want to make that clear. So as your wings bolts after Danforth, what about the rest of you? We've established Greaves doesn't think he can really keep up, but... Oh, lordy. I'm not sure any of us can keep up with Azure Wings, but I think I'm going to feel honour-bound to try. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of like a re- reverse thing of the two men trying to outrun the bear, right? You, you only have to outrun Danforth. Yeah, that's fair. Assuming Danforth's moving at normal Danforth speed. Interesting point. Fair point. Uh, you've got supernatural speed, don't you? Is that only when not in Danforth's body? That's what I've been assuming, yeah. Danforth's body is just a regular old body. Cool. Okay, well then, yeah, that seems logical. I have some slight concerns about about Gabby pursuing Azure Wings at speed, leaving Greaves alone with not August. <laughs> but, that, but that is August. We've established that, and it clearly is. <clears throat> What could go wrong here? Well, I guess the question then is, is August also pursuing Danforth? August probably follows Gabby. Oh man, we're just full of bad decisions. And therefore the final question is, Greaves, are you also following but quite slowly or are you just going to stay where you are and see what happens? There's a third option. Go, go to the lift. Okay. Find the August that I think is the real August. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I'm going to do that. Leave me, follow them. <laughs> but as soon as they run off, I'm going to. There's going to be a moment where Greaves just kind of stands there, and then he'll turn and keep walking in the direction of the lift. <laughs> Love it. Okay, good. Then we will we will for the moment focus on what the hell has happened to Danforth, uh, as your wings and everyone else respectively. So you're really fast, uh, but there was a moment in which you were sort of stunned and confused, in which Danforth sprints some distance and slips through a door. Do you, do you follow through the door? And are you using your dimensional shifting powers, I suppose, is a question I need to... Yes, I am fearful ask. of the uh, effects of them in the house, but you know I've shifted in and out of Danforth a couple of times now without disastrous effect, and I am quite keen to... Uh, well, you know, the, the disastrous effect didn't involve the phase-shifting powers, and uh, I am quite keen to retrieve Danforth, so yeah, if he's like slamming the door on me, then I will happily, or unhappily, phase through it. Brilliant. Okay. So you find yourself in one of the office floors of the division, you surmise. There are hundreds of cubicles reaching as far as the eye can see. You don't immediately see Danforth, but lines of sight are quite broken up here. It's quite possible that he could be in one of the cubicles. What do you do? I have superhuman speed and phasing, so I just sort of zip through zip through a load of cubicles then back along and zip through the next row of cubicles until i've covered all the cubicles yeah cool okay that 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 seems quite doable doesn't it i um, mean i feel free to argue that particularly in the context of this other dimensional space that might require a die roll yeah I'll th- i'm thinking about that but I, so i'm going to tell you a bit more about what you see before you uh, come into contact with Danforth, which is that Firstly, you realise that these cubicles don't look quite right for the office space in the division. They are all using 
CRT monitors. Now, a CRT monitor, correct me if I'm wrong, a CRT monitor is like a big blocky thing rather than a thin plasma screen type thing. Yes, good. I just want to make sure I get my lingo right. So each cubicle has a nice wooden desk, CRT monitor, a big like tower type computer uh, such as you would have seen some time ago in, in Division. Uh, an ashtray, um, you know, it's 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 old school, and the monitors, all of them, are bleeding. <laughs> they are oozing this horrible, yeah, red ooze out onto <laughs> the desk, and so I don't know. Just does that kind of give you pause at all, or do you just carry on doing what you're doing? I mean, I'm highly disconcerted, but I also am quite keen to retrieve Danforth. So, yeah, it's it's only causing me to hesitate for a second. All right, cool. I'm going to say that Gabby and August are able to come in now. And presumably, you have zipped through quite a few cubicles at the point they do that, because you're so fast. But the distance that you've travelled is not that far, so... So you've not kind of established a really massive lead on them. And so the two of you see the same thing that Azure Wings saw. And whereas Azure Wings immediately sort of plunged in and started zipping around, you kind of got, you're maybe taking a slightly more sort of human's eye view and, and spot the bleeding CRT monitors straight away. And so I want to ask you a question which is, I'm going to ask this to Gabby because I think it's logical. What ritual signs do you recognise? Other than the bleeding monitors, you know. Hmm. Before I answer that question, I wonder if I might grasp a key here as part of answering the question. Hmm. Please explain in more detail how you're going about grasping the key. Oh dear. I was hoping that you wouldn't say that. I was hoping you'd say, yes, things in here are clearly very strange. You're absolutely right to guess, Vicky. It's clearly a place that's ripe for investigation. No, it totally is. I just don't think the grasping keys involves just looking. Right. So the first thing I shall do is answer your question. What else in here is a sign of a ritual? I think that... <laughs> I think that some of the keyboards... Because these are computers, aren't they? They're not just, like, cathode ray televisions. They're, like... They've got keyboards and towers and stuff, presumably. Yeah, really sh- shitty clickety-clack keyboards. Yeah, yeah, shitty clickety-clack keyboards where it is very clear from the bloody fingerprints that somebody has been typing some very specific keystrokes in. Hmm, okay. In all of the monitor, uh, all of the keyboards in all of the monitors, there's the same pa- clearly the same pattern of keystrokes where some has been pressed more times than others because they're more bloody. And I think that some of the disk drives, the floppy disk drives, you know the ones which are like you kind of push a little button and the disk drive comes out like a toaster almost, like pops out like toast from a toaster. Are these three and a half inch or five and a quarter inch? Three and a half. I mean, we, we haven't gone back that far. Let's not go No, crazy. we haven't gone back that far. Um... <laughs> it's not possible to go back that far. <laughs> I remember playing Eric the Viking. And chucky egg on those. But anyway, so if you look a little more closely at the disk drives, and maybe even one or two of the disk drives have come out 
Um, there's like little pools of entrails in them. <laughs> like maybe like a little puddle of blackbird entrails and somebody's like try to slam it into the disk drive and sometimes that's worked but maybe sometimes it's kind of like got squished and started dribbling i was just having a little look at the podcast analytics and i see that some of our listeners are quite young so i'm just going to explain that a floppy disk <laughs> i thought you were going to apologize for all swearing <laughs> no need for a content warning but <laughs> I mean, if I say it's like a USB stick, there's people young enough that will just be like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's like the cloud, but with less information on it and confined to a small square piece of plastic that you insert in your computer. Not floppy, though. <laughs> but not floppy. Crucially, not floppy. You know the icon you click on when you save things, and you've always wondered <laughs> what that was about? They used to be three and a half inch pieces of plastic, and prior to that, they used to be five and a half inch pieces of plastic and actually floppy. Five and a quarter. Five and a quarter, sorry. And before that, cassettes. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Cassettes. Before that, yeah. punch cards. Yeah. My mum still has her thesis punch cards. Whoa. Do you remember the days? This is a rabbit hole. <laughs> we had a Dragon 32 when I was a child. It was my first ever computer, and I remember going off to get a drink, waiting 20 minutes to half an hour for games to load up, and then it crashing halfway through, and you're just like, no! No, I've got to wait another half an hour. And this is how we know we're playing a horror game. So, Josh, I would like to grasp at keys. And the way that I would grasp at keys is you've told me there's things in here that I recognise from a ritual. But obviously I can't recognise the precise ritual yet. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to type on the bloody keyboard and see what comes up on the screen and see if I can decipher from that any more information about what's going on. Maybe I will wipe off some of the blood so that I can see the screen a bit better. Maybe I'll kick the floppy drive so that... uh, or maybe I kick the floppy drive to get it to kind of jam in a bit better and then the fan starts up and I can hear the kind of the squishing, slapping sound of entrails getting caught in the fan. Okay. Do you want me to do anything else? Yes. Yes, roll to grasp keys. Oh, yeah, rolling. <laughs> Sorry. Additionally, I like to spend two and so that is what I will do in this situation. And I'm very pleased I did, because I rolled a six, but plus two means it's an eight. Right. Yeah, baby. Okay. So from August's perspective, it looks like I was herring down the corridor, and then I've suddenly stopped, sat down at a computer table, and started web browsing. (laughs) (laughs) A computer terminal covered in blood and entrails. No, the entrails are only in the disk drive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, none of us have been able to check Facebook or Slack for, like, hours now. I know. So So the key is this. It's very simple. Before you jam the floppy disk in, you notice that somebody has scratched, like, physically scratched into the plastic of the disk, the words, don't forget. Cool. Now, with that, I will now ask you... The second part of the question. Sorry, Josh. <laughs> which is, uh, what is the ritual trying to summon? Well, if I'm an angel and I recognise it, then I think it's going to be summoning an angel. But, but, like, that's not a good thing, guys. Like, 
<laughs> I was an angel who is a harbinger of the apocalypse, who is here to lay waste to the earth with my angelic fury, scorch it of all the um, sin on it, and so it will rise afresh and anew. So I don't think this is going to be like, oh, we'll have a nice happy angel that come down and be nice. It'll be a kind of a, you know, million-eyed monstrosity, completely unknowable and that sort of thing. Hell, goodness, you know what it is, Josh? Actually, yes, I know what this is. Sorry, everybody. Thematically appropriately, this is the ritual to summon Gabriel. <laughs> That's me. That's much better answer, isn't it? Yeah. I was afraid you were going to say something like that. Should have asked too. Oh, we're so close to having two of each of us. I know. I'm working on it, James. I was working on it so hard. <laughs> You realise that that's what the ritual is too late. <clears throat> after you put the disc in, after you type out the letters and see what they show on the screen, it doesn't make sense straight away because it's in, you know, like English Latin scripts. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense at first because of the script it's in, but then you sort of mentally translate it into the language of the pure language of heaven and you recognize your own name that you've just typed completing the ritual yes oh no so as your wings while all this is going on Mm. it doesn't take very long for this to go on really but you are zipping back and forth like some sort of roadrunner yeah demented roadrunner (laughs) and as you're going there's there's a sinking feeling in your mind as well like you are recognizing that there's something funny going on here and you're kind of you're just catching glimpses of the the keyboards with the bloody fingerprints and the bird entrails and so on and you're kind of like i've got to find danforth but in the back of your mind some part of you is going this feels wrong this feels like some sort of ritual and you, you know about rituals so that it, it's kind of ticking away in your brain you burst out into like a water cooler area there's some like comfy seats Uh, they're not that comfy because this place is modeled on uh, old style offices so they're probably like plastic or something and there's probably some 80s magazines stacked up uh, on a little coffee table and (laughs) and you see danforth you see danforth hunched over one of the keyboards typing something in what do you do i'm kind of angry disconcerted by this point so i'm flying up next to danforth and saying what are you danforth looks up at you jabs the last key as he does so and you recognize the weird eyes that you've seen before on kind of imposter creatures but he doesn't answer you, he just sort of stares at you and then smiles slightly as all of the CRT monitors in the room suddenly rise up and come together to form this kind of weird alien arcane shape. You recognise it, Gabby. It's like a physical representation of your true form. Are the uh, monitors like all of the million eyes? Because like, aren't angels supposed to be burning with a thousand eyes and stuff? Well, yeah, I mean, it's you, you're the angel, so you tell us. But yeah, I think so. 
But do they catch fire? Do you tell me, what do you think a, a Gabby made out of CRT monitors would look like? Yeah, I think that maybe each of the monitors would flicker into life with an eyeball, a flaming eyeball. An image of a flaming eyeball, yeah. Yeah, a little nice. bit sour on it. But like, I don't know how many monitors there are, what, 40 of them, 50 of them? All kind of swivelling around to look around the it's room. It's more like hundreds oh, cool. of okay. them. It's quite a big Hundreds room. of them swiveling around, looking at the room, taking everything in in this kind of terrifying and nauseating way. So a bunch of them, because they, they kind of, it's almost like the locus of this is where Danforth was standing. A bunch of them are near to you as your wings and they all kind of swivel. The ones that are near to you, not all of them, swivel to so that you've got these starey eyeballs all around you. Okay. So, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is like a representation of the true form of the angel uh, that I love. So, you know, it's dazzlingly beautiful if you're me. You love me? I thought you didn't. You know, we had to break it off because your powers were going to get out of control and destroy the world. It wasn't it wasn't I didn't didn't have feelings for you. Yeah, so I think I am going to deploy my move, Harrowing Beauty. Sometimes your mask of humanity slips. When you peel away the mask of humanity, you may mark a condition to tear away your mask and reveal the true alien horror you are. So I am, you know, stunned by its beauty for a moment, and then I realise that's not really Gabby, it's just a reflection on some weird representation on some weird CRT screens. And then, you know, I phase into my Akinari attack form as, you know, the antennae move through uh, a higher dimensional space to become mandibles and the uh, you know patterns on my wings change from their usual shimmering as you're beautiful form to red stripes and staring eyes and I say to the representation of Gabby and to whatever's occupying Danforth as well I need this host body back so that I can walk among the humans without that how will I ever bring my people back uh, probably I'm saying this loud enough that the rest of you can hear. Did you say the quiet part out loud again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, this will end an attack or interaction as your opponent is momentarily stunned by the revelation. Doing so will provide a fleeting opportunity before they come to their senses. So I will mark Merciless. And yeah, I'm trying to use that fleeting opportunity to phase in, force whatever the hell this is out of Danforth's head, assuming that this is the original copy of Danforth and not a simulacrum copy, but let's not worry about that now. And uh, and yeah, get back in Danforth. Whether that requires further mechanics, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, good question. It's a fleeting opportunity, you say. That's, yeah. that's, that's what you've got. Yeah. I don't know, like... Do you reckon a distracted... Let's just say that this was Azure Wings that you were dealing with. Do you think if you were distracted, a fellow Akinari could just knock you out of your body? No, I've got to admit, I think probably phasing in and shoving them out without damaging Damforth's head in the process is tricky. <laughs> it's tricky. Oh, fuck. Let's hope that you don't damage Damforth's head, his lovely head. I, you know, a fail role can be interpreted lots of different ways. You don't have to damage his head, but it might be an option that you'd have. I think you are unleashing the dark then. Seems reasonable. Well, let's spend two tokens and see what that gets me. Ooh! That is a five. You have greatly underestimated them. The Keeper will describe the desperate situation you find yourself in. Okay. I'm so pleased because I thought this session was going to be all about how I'd fucked up with uh, August. 
And it just isn't. There's still to come. So what happens is this. The CRT Gabby hesitates and just stares at the at the beauty of Azure Wings with its with its many eyes, its many flaming eyes. And perhaps perhaps for a moment you wonder whether there is some part of Gabby in there. There's something sort of adoring in the way that it looks at you. The Azure Wings Danforth hybrid thing, on the other hand, well, presumably it's seen this before. And when you charge at it, the body is knocked flying, but Azure Wings is not knocked with it. It emerges from the body in full Akinari battle form and says, Two can play at that game, Azure Wings. <coughs> Let's find out who the better Akinari is. And I don't know, what does, does it look like when an Akinari goes fucking mental at another Akinari? <gasps> Quite scary, I imagine. Yeah, well, obviously we've got some whole martial art that involves, you know, using your mandibles and all, you know, at least eight of your limbs simultaneously and phasing them through higher dimensional spaces. Holy so, shit. So, yeah, like eight arms of Jackie Chan in in higher dimensions. Great. In that case, it seizes hold of you with... A, some of its legs and uses the spare ones to pull through uh, a non-spatial dimension and you are dragged into an extra dimensional space i think what this maybe looks like to the other people in the room is kind of just bizarre like you know that bit in into the spider-verse where it's all just going bananas and there's kind of buses coming out of walls and yeah it's a little bit like that on a smaller scale kind of akinari little reflections and sort of spindly bits of akinari uh, appearing in places where they should not be as the i think gabby might think this is the best thing she's ever watched red hot (laughs) blue on blue action can we tell the difference between the two Akinari, because obviously with human doubles, there's an eye thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. I mean, probably by the time, you know, we've bounced around the room a few times and phasing in and out of normal space, it's quite hard to keep track of anyhow. That's a good point. Don't know that I'd want to get close enough to try and figure it out. <laughs> Can I just see your eyes? Do you have eyes? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So Azure Wings is pulled into a higher dimensional battle, which means that he's not going to be in a position to help uh, Gabby or August as, you know, lacking the the beautiful Akinari battle display that was distracting the, the computer Gabby. All of the monitors swivel to look in your direction and lines of words appear on the monitor sort of behind the eyes that you can't read but you're fairly confident read something unpleasant and destructive i think that gabby will step in front of august because she's certainly not going to run the risk of losing her a second time and say i don't suppose you've got any of those ancient weapons on you right now maybe an angel slaying one uh i think august is just kind of 
sinking to the ground <laughs> behind Gabby. She's almost she's almost lost for words. She's just like, what is that? I think Gabby will say, that's an angel that will want to destroy everything in here. So whatever you have that I can kill it with, hand it over, would you? Now. Thank you for listening to Black Armada Tales. We've been playing Apocalypse Keys by Jamila R. Najadi. You can find out more about Apocalypse Keys at evilhat.com forward slash home forward slash apocalypse hyphen keys. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast and join us on Twitter where we are B Armada Tales. If you're struggling to find a pen to write all that down, you can find that information and more in the show notes. See you next time. I don't know if the D sanction is going to be an eight session jobbing. I'll, uh, I'll have to have a think about that. Just for the record, I always have, I'm always slightly trepidatious about historical slash pseudo historical games, um, which doesn't mean I'm against it yeah. at all. Just that they always make me a bit nervous. Yeah, same. I mean, you don't have to worry too much about being historically accurate because James will just jump down your throat if you get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's the only reasonable worry to have about these kind of things, that um, somebody on the group will be, you know, a horrendous stickler for accuracy. But fortunately, I forget every single thing I've ever read, so that won't be a problem. The really distressing thing about all this is that is that the, that period in time is my history degree. And I'm not confident that I remember anything about... Wait, what? <laughs> I... What? <laughs> I have a history oh. degree. <laughs> Why do you have a history degree? I thought that you were an astrophysicist oh, or something. <laughs> both. There's a system in Australia where you can you can do two bachelor's degrees simultaneously. So what? I have a. a How did you have it, time? Do you, do you, yeah, hang on. Do you, do, you mean, do you mean like half and half, like you know these American no. co-majors or whatever they call? Or do you mean two full degrees, it's fully two, simultaneously? Two full degrees in five years. So, oh, in five oh, years, five years. Yeah. anybody could do that. I could do three degrees <laughs> in five years. Jesus.